Welcome to the Feeding and Leading Podcast, featuring Todd Fisher and Andy Taylor, a podcast for church leaders focusing on expository preaching, pastoral leadership, and ministry. Welcome, everyone. Thank you again so much for tuning in to another uh, episode of Feeding and Leading. As always, I am joined by my friend and regional ministry partner, Andy Taylor. Andy, how you doing, man? I'm good, Todd. And uh, I don't know how the timing of all this will space out, but Andy has just come back from Arizona, <laughs> where he placed fifth out of how many guys? Started with 30. Fifth out of 30 guys at like some national CrossFit competition. Yeah. So uh, this is amazing. That's You did a really incredible yeah, job. I had fun. Uh, you worked hard on that, and uh, man, that's... I looked at some of the pictures and videos of what you did, and there's no way I'm doing anything. <laughs> you know so, well, I'm insane. So, hey everyone, we are joined today by a very special guest. Tom Elif is here and has joined us, and uh, Tom is really uh, a man that doesn't need any introduction. Tom is well known to Oklahoma Baptists. He's the former pastor of First Southern Baptist Church in Dell City and a former president of the Southern Baptist Convention and former president of the International Mission Board. And uh, just on the on the, the front end of this, this is one of the things we're going to talk talk to Dr. Olaf about, is missions and missions engagement in the church. And uh, I want to set up this episode by saying, um, and I know that this is what Tom is really going to emphasize as well, but missions engagement in a church is so very critical because in my experience as a pastor and in my observation in this job for the last two years, um, if you show me a church that's heavily engaged in missions, I'm going to show you a church on general that's pretty healthy. Mm. And what I've discovered is that when a church is spending its resources and passion and energy on missions and reaching the lost, they tend to not have as much passion and energy to argue about what color the carpet is yeah. or what color they're going to paint the wall. And it's just healthy churches are engaged in the gospel enterprise of the Great Commission. And so we want to talk about that today. I know personally for me, Pastor Ned Emanuel and Shawnee, I watched missions transform a church. I mean, it changed the whole DNA of a church. Um, when I first went to that church, it was a pretty good-sized church, and it took like one international trip a year, and it was the same five people that went on the trip every time. Mm. And we started some partnerships, and it, it just – it was infectious like a virus, a good one, and it changed the whole makeup of that church. So we want to talk about the importance of missions. And um, – uh, Dr. Elf, before we started here, we were giving you a little bit of a hard time that we're going to start this episode today with a story we wanted to, Andy and I wanted to tell about you. So here comes the story. And I want to set this up just Do I need uh, to leave? Nope. <laughs> I want to set this up just to, just to say how much we respect Dr. Elf and the wisdom that he has, the experience he has. It's, it's really a great honor to have him as a guest here. So years ago now, this would have been this would have been around thirty years ago now. Andy Taylor and I were students together in Southwestern Seminary at the Extension at OBU. We were taking pastoral ministry with Clyde Kane. Mm-hmm. Clyde gave us an assignment that we needed to go interview a veteran pastor and just ask him about general pastoring questions. 
Andy and I got together. We asked Dr. Kane. We said, could Andy and I like do this together if we – and he says, yeah, you guys do that. So Andy and I said, you know what? Let's just go for broke. Swing Let's for the just, fences. We're going to swing for the fences. Yeah. And we said, there's no way it will happen. But we called Tom Ellis' office at First Southern Del City and asked. And sure enough, you agreed to meet with us. And Andy and I came to your office. This this would have been 30, 30 years ago or almost 30 yeah, years Yeah, it would have been 93 ago. or 94. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you met with us, Dr. L, for an hour at least, and you just gave us such great advice. But one of the things that you said, I've never forgotten, it's stuck with me my whole pastoral career. You gave us this illustration about pastoral leadership. And we've actually, I think, shared it on here, maybe now that I think about it. We have. You, you yeah. said, Tom, you said, uh, imagine that the church is the cart. And the pastor is the horse, and you're you're you've got to keep the horse just in front of the cart, and you're going up a hill. You're trying to move this church forward, and there's things you got to watch for. The, the horse can't be behind the cart; he's not leading. He can't even be beside the cart; he's still not leading. He can't be so far out in front of the cart that the horse is on this side of the hill, and the the congregation, the cart's on the other side of the hill. You got to be just in front of the cart, and I have—I've never forgotten that. I have just applied that in so many ways. As a pastor, you're leading the church, you're you're pushing the church forward, but you're not doing it in a way that's destroying it. You're not uh, being such an uh, uninvolved leader or not leading at all that you're behind or beside the cart. And, uh, man, that's just stuck with me. And I have used that. I have thought about that. Good. I have applied that. I can't tell you how many times. So all of that to say, Dr. Elif, what a tremendous joy it is to have you on our episode today. Great. It'll save time on the program if you'll quit calling me, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tom. I'm going to call you Tom and yeah. Dr. Elif and all that will come out. <laughs> so uh, we, do when he, we do want to talk about uh, missions with you today. But before we do, would you just kind of tell us a little bit about what's going on in your life right now and what are you doing and just kind of catch us up. Tom, tell us about it. Really exciting days. Well, as, uh, as you two guys know, um, my wife of 49 years passed away mm-hmm. uh, some years ago, over mm-hmm. seven years ago. And um, in uh, 19, or in 2017, <laughs> wow, boy, I was old. Um, in 2017, well, I married Diana. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, we're having more fun than shooting rats at the city dump. I will just, <laughs> I will just tell you that. Um, never would we have either either one of us thought that. She was yeah. married to a wonderful pastor and friend of mine, Wayne Barber, many of mm-hmm. whom uh, your listeners will yeah. know uh, yeah. of Wayne. And. Um, Life is wonderful. We have uh, six kids, 33 grandkids, 18 as of last week, but there are four more in the hangar, great grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> and we have kids in different nations all over the world. You we do. We have uh, uh, two, three, two families in the Middle East, another uh, grandson in Morocco, another uh, family in uh, the Philippines. They love serving the Lord mm-hmm. and love working with uh, IMB. Yeah. And uh, I went to OBU with one of your daughters. Amy. And one of your sons that's in – I'm not going to say any more just for security yeah, things. Where? But one of your sons that's in the world, I have actually gotten 
uh, to become friends with and get to know just through the association of being at Emmanuel. And boy, what a tremendous job he is doing. He is doing a tremendous job. And we throw in a little dash of a couple of other enterprises that we're involved in right now. Uh, One, of course, is a new assignment, new preaching assignment every Wednesday night at First Southern. Yeah. And uh, it's a resurrection at our pastor's encouragement. How many pastors would invite a former (laughs) pastor to come and preach to their church? I love Keith Burkhart, and I'm going to use him as a missions model in just a minute. Good. Um, But at the same time, I would say that uh, one of the most exciting things that God has us involved in is a center for missions. Yeah. At yeah. Oklahoma Baptist University, which has um, – it's just slowly gaining momentum to the point that it is becoming a movement. Our desire is not that everybody that goes to OBU go to the field as a missionary, but our desire is that no student on that campus can be there very long without brushing up mm-hmm. against the reality of the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lord is giving us incredible success. And we can talk about that. We've got a great staff, just added a new staff member that the students uh, believe can walk on water because he was there as their uh, resident advisor <laughs> leader for uh, many years. And um, so we're, we're excited. And these students will end up all over the world. And we're not saying that to be a part of it, they have to be a missions volunteer. Yeah. They just want to find out what it means to have a heart for what Jesus said in what we call the Great yeah. Commission. And, and before we talk about missions and church, tell us just a little bit more about the Ellis Center there at OBU. Well, just give us a little bit more detail on this, what that is. At the, in just a couple of weeks, we will be uh, ending our second full year mm. of operation. At, uh, at Oklahoma Baptist University. So, and thanks to the generous gifts of people who, uh, who really care about missions, mm-hmm. we have been able to bring into the center a literally world-class staff. And mm-hmm. I'm not laughing when I oh, yeah. say that. I'm serious. Uh, the first thing I did was to call Albert Smith, who has trained more uh, missionaries than I know of. Mm-hmm. In, the, and, and in fact, uh, uh, he was in England when I when I called him, and three weeks later he was he was here talking <laughs> seriously about assuming this position. Mm-hmm. He now not only directs the the Tom Ellis Center, but he also is on the staff, the faculty at uh, OBU, and mm-hmm. our students who are involved in the center get to hear him and and sit under his teaching every week mm-hmm. that they're uh, in session. And then Dr. Mike Hand joined our. Uh, staff at the very same time, same day, uh, we talked, and same day they both agreed and mm-hmm. said, uh, hey, we'd love to come do that. I've had the privilege of working with Mike. Mike's uh, daughter, in fact, and son-in-law are in the Middle East right now, mm-hmm. and um, we're excited about what they're, what Man, they're Ma- doing. Mike's an okay guy. He's an okay guy. We well, say so that because he's, he's sitting, sitting in the right studio here, with so, us. Yes, that's right. <laughs> And usually, if you see one of us, you'll see the other one of us not too far away. And so he joined our staff, and it's literally, he's taken this state and already knowing so many pastors and Mm -hmm. so many churches, our state, seven other conventions that he works avidly in, Mm -hmm. and the whole purpose is, how does your church get involved in missions? Yeah. And then Kyle Obscar, Kyle is, he's the secret. I'm telling Mm -hmm. you. Uh, God has uh, brought him just recently into our into our staff, and his assignment, among other things, 
is helping churches by writing for them a curriculum to get their their uh, juniors and seniors in high school mm. involved yeah, in missions. That's great. So to go to OBU to get involved in the center, you get a scholarship if you're actually involved in the center. To be able to go overseas, our goal is that ultimately every student involved will go overseas mm. uh, once a year, and then their last year of school, they'll spend a semester on the field. Yeah. And it just doesn't get any better than that. And we are just incredibly excited about what God is doing. Such a valuable thing. And for pastors that are listening, if you have students or, you know, especially students going to go to college, feel called to missions, the Ellis Center is really such an important thing. They really need to heavily consider yeah. that. And the other thing, too, about the Ellis Center I love at OBU is you don't have to be a missions major. Right. You can major in anything and feel called to missions and then take whatever degree you're, you're getting, if it's global marketplace or any of these many wonderful degrees they have. Todd, you know, you know that uh, uh, most of the countries in this world do not yep. even uh, offer That's you right. a visa yep. if you're a missionary, but they will if you're a scientist yep. or if you're an engineer yep. or if you're an artist. Yep. And so uh, the big deal to us is not do you major in Bible and, and in right. missions? The big deal is, what are you going to do with your life, and can you spend yeah. part of that life in the world, changing it by sharing the That's gospel? That's great. You know, um, I, I think there's a whole new look at missions. We'll talk about IMB in just a little bit, but, mm-hmm. but IMB is unique among mission organizations, mm-hmm. you know, for several reasons. Number one, because of the wonderful way the cooperative program works, but mm-hmm. another is that IMB specializes in reaching unreached people. We're mm-hmm. not after folks where there are already missionaries, where the gospel mm-hmm. is already prevalent, where there's churches, you know, and is pretty well established. Mm-hmm. And, and no, IMB is out there working among the thousands of unreached people groups. So if you get involved with that, like almost 4,000 families yeah. are right now, yeah. you are involved. You talk about the tip of the spear. This is the tip yeah. of the spear, penetrating the darkness of the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Good stuff. So let's talk about local church and missions. Yeah. And t- let's kind of just, yeah, let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, Tom, just uh, we were thinking about this as uh, as we began to <clears throat> discuss the, the power of missions focus on a church. How would you encourage a young pastor— that is um, in in one of our local Oklahoma Baptist churches, with all the resources of the IMB and 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 what Mike Wall is doing here with Oklahoma Baptist. What would be like some of the encouragement that you would give to a young pastor in in how to mobilize people in his local congregation? Yeah. For, well, for first of all, uh, let me just say that when when you say church to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do not need to put in the adjective local <laughs> because yeah. the reality is that that is the description of the, now there are many right. churches mm-hmm. and there's there is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ but in reality even our convention is comprised of thousands of local churches right. and that that's it's the local expression of the body of Christ now there are things that we do better with other together with other churches but and and we offer a lot of a lot of help in that area but every church in a in a sense is is local yeah. um could i just share a testimony please about the church yeah absolutely i have the privilege this is an incredible privilege i have the privilege of still being member of a church i pastored for 20 years 
That's First Southern mm-hmm. Dell City. Mm-hmm. And some of your listeners may be familiar with that church. Keith Burkhart is our pastor. He stood up in church the other day and, say, I be, and said, and I remember when this happened, I began here as a cook, and that's how he started on the staff at First Southern, and immediately got involved in a Master Life course and discipleship. I had the privilege of teaching and discipling him at that time, began to grow through our church, and uh, ultimately, you know, became the men's minister in the church, and yeah. then ultimately became Oklahoma Baptist men's minister, and then went to Falls Creek. And first Southern members didn't like that, so we went off and we asked him if he'd come back home <laughs> and be the pastor at First Southern. He is a wonderful pastor, but Andy, his his heart is in the Great Commission. And uh, Mike is sitting over here, and he's a member of that church as well, and. And I think he would agree with me that it would be a rare service. I cannot remember one when we do not commission missionaries, when we do not pray for teams that are going out, when we do not pray for teams that are already out. It is just a constant flow. And the close of every service is always turned over to, we've got to introduce these people. Here's this team. Here are these folks. Let's get to the altar. Let's, let's pray for them. And so that church is a lot more than what you see on Sunday morning. You may look at it and you say, well, you know, how could they be very big in missions? Because a lot of folks are scattered around the world at that moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is so exciting. I cannot tell you how exciting it is. And, of course, through the cooperative program, uh, we're able to offer people opportunities to serve the Lord Jesus that uh, they would not have otherwise. It doesn't mean that we only work with Southern Baptists uh, on the field. I mean, Southern Baptist missionaries work with other mission organizations. But the IMB and the cooperative program is, uh, is unique. Mm-hmm. And many of our personnel will tell you that their friends who do not work that way will, will say, you know, I'd like to die and come back as a as a Southern Baptist missionary, <laughs> because I don't have to wor- I, I I have to be concerned with reporting what God is doing, not worrying mm. about how I'm going to live or how I'm going to make a living. Mm. And uh, it's just that's the secret sauce. And I yeah. praise the Lord for that. And I just I'd use our church, my my church, the church I'm a member of, as an example of what it means to have a missions minded church. Now, with our center from OBU, we, we're going to be involved in that. We are involved in that already, in that we have Mike, who's in churches every week. We have uh, Albert, who's there teaching these potential missionaries in the classroom. And we have Kyle, who's writing curriculum for ninth and 10th and 11th, 12th graders who go to Falls Creek. And uh, that's a wonderful thing, because when they answer God's call to the mm-hmm. field. Well, they can go right straight off to Oklahoma Baptist mm-hmm. University, and we can help them with that. And yeah. Mike spends a lot of time telling pastors how our LF Center helps people with with um, the the trail, the mm-hmm. track through OBU for missions. What a powerful example that Keith is giving oh. here. Uh, mm-hmm. We've talked about this many times that <clears throat> what is repeated consistently in the pulpit is, mm-hmm. is generally becomes the DNA of the people. Mm-hmm. And and to keep missions and the Great Commission with faces and names and hearts every and week. Praying for people every single week has 
got to just saturate yeah, and the you, hearts and minds of the people there. And if you look at our, uh, our schedule for the week, for instance, every other week on Saturday morning, we have a prayer meeting. And it's a prayer meeting for our missionaries around the world. You get yeah. two or three pages of names of people, where they are, what they are doing. And, of course, as a father of several of those, I appreciate the fact that in my home church there are folks there crying out to God. And I looked around the room recently, and, and many of the people in that circle also have family members on the field. They came right through First Southern. We talk about it. And you, yeah. you get what you talk about. You know, if, if you're a pastor of a church that, let's say, has just very little mission involvement right now, and you're discouraged about where your mission involvement is, this is not something that has to happen at a church the size of First Southern Dell City. Just every Sunday, bring up a name of a of a a missions sure. unit, a missions couple, and and pray and and introduce them and put a slide up or or show people a picture of of somebody who's overseas and pray for them and love but, them. But Andy, it's even more than that. Yeah, and I I'm not here to speak about the cooperative program, although we're about to celebrate our hundredth anniversary. Mm-hmm. I think it's a cooperative program. Most people don't even understand what it's all about, and and I realize there are things that are always in transition, but. Through Southern Baptist Convention and the cooperative program, um, and nobody's paying me to say this, a church of 25 people has as much access to sending missionaries mm-hmm. as a church of right. 2,500 people. That's right. Exciting. Or 10,000 people. Yeah. Nobody gets a leg up because they're in a big church. Right. They, they all get the equal help because they're Southern Baptist Church. And that is that that is wonderful. That's just that's the great commission at work. And every pastor ought to celebrate that every week with their people. Yeah, you know, yeah. Th- think about what Tom just said, and think about these statistics right here. So we were we were just doing some number crunching and looking at some things recently here in our state. Uh, Ninety, we have uh, we have one thousand seven hundred and thirty six Southern Baptist churches in the state. Ninety percent have fewer than 150 on Sunday morning. 57% of our churches don't even have 50 on Sunday morning. That's why we don't need to say local. That's right. But a church running 30 on Sunday morning cannot put a family overseas. They can't fund a family overseas. But when they get into that cooperative enterprise of the cooperative program, they get to be, as you just said, a part of having almost 4,000 people over there. Um, Tom, just for a second, talk a little bit about just the importance of the relationship of the church, obviously through the cooperative program, but with the International Mission Board. How how does the International Mission Board rely on churches? And just talk about how important it is for a church to to be involved with the IMB and connected with it. Let me go beyond what we normally think of. Okay, there's the, the, the... the resources that come, you know, on a regular basis through churches. We have our mm-hmm. special this month, Lottie Moon right. Christmas offering. It, and it's incredible. I mean, just mm-hmm. like I say, it, 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 there's nothing like it that I know of in the world. Well, the thing that ought to ring everybody's mental bell and say, wake, wake up, pay attention to this, is that there are so many things that can preoccupy a missionary. 
if he is not serving in the fashion that we that we make possible for mm. I can't tell you how many uh, missionaries I've talked to on the field. I used to, we used to be on mm-hmm. the field. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many missionaries would say, well, well, we, we're trying to get medical help, or we're in a tense situation. Can you, Southern Baptist, help evacuate our missionaries? Mm-hmm. Because we know you already have a security team. You mm-hmm. already have this in place. You just have so many things in place from 175 years of experience. We have been around the block a time or two. Mm-hmm. And so they're already on the field. They're taken care of. And they can focus on the main thing, which is sharing the gospel. And uh, I, cannot, I cannot tell you how important it is for us to, to be supportive of that. You know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not here. I didn't even know this interview was going to get off on this, and I'm not <laughs> some big drum beater about the cooperative program. I'm just saying it provides Southern Baptists a tool uh, that is so useful in reaching the world of the gospel. Mm-hmm that I would think every church would want to be a part of that. Church of five, a church of 10, a church of 1,500. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor, you will not regret having your church be engaged in missions and focused on missions. You just you won't regret it. Tom, we want to close, but let's just go off topic for one second. You, you've got the ear of a lot of pastors that listen to this podcast. What, what are, is one or a couple of things that you might just say to pastors – who are pastoring the church in today's culture and world, anything that you'd want to share with them just mm. to encourage them, uh, it, it is a tough, tough gig, <laughs> pastoring a church. So yeah, any, anything I've you'd want to one. share with yeah. them? Yeah. For many, many, many years. <laughs> yeah. I soon celebrate – well, I've already celebrated over 60 years the ministry, so I, I think I could talk a little bit about that. You <laughs> use the word encourage. Mm. Um, let's just – take that word for just mm-hmm. a moment. It is uh, a ministry, it is an assignment that can offer you, if you don't look at it correctly, many opportunities to be discouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about encouragement? Well, um, I like to think of, of David, who had a, a bleak time in his life when he was still on the run, came home from uh, the battlefield only to discover that uh, uh, the enemy had come into the villages that were occupied by the wives and the children of his soldiers and taken them all away. Mm-hmm. And so his soldiers decided that uh, David David wasn't worth They wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, scripturally, it says mm-hmm. that they wanted, to, they wanted to kill him. You read about this in 1 Samuel 29, 30. Mm-hmm. And the scripture says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know all that that means. I've got several thoughts about it. Sometimes I go do conferences and talk about it, what it means to encourage yourself in the Lord. But the end result was that not only did David make it through without losing his life, but that all the wives and all the children and restored and the mm. men of course were very happy about that and of course you know the rest of the story is that David ultimately became king mm-hmm. That's right. but was it without discouragement no mm. and that was not the only time David was discouraged and so I would say to any pastor it's important to learn what it means to encourage yourself 
not by looking at statistics, mm. not by flipping on the television and listening to somebody who's done it better than you because you don't know their whole story. It's a mighty thin piece of paper. It doesn't have two sides, and there's <laughs> another part of that you haven't heard. <laughs> but encourage yourself in the Lord. Take time to read his word. Take time to pray. Take time to bear your soul before the King of Kings yeah. and the Lord of Lords. Mm. Uh, why in the world would you want to spend time with anything other than the one who, as mm -hmm. we think of it this season, is A, a wonderful counselor when yeah. I go to him. B, he's mighty God, so who mm. else is going to solve your problem? Can you think of it? <laughs> C, he's everlasting father. You want to be loved on? Mm. Go to the father. Yeah. And, and D, he's the prince of peace. Mm. He'll bring peace to your heart if you'll spend time good. with him. Good so stuff. So I would say encourage yourself in the Lord. Don't, you know, don't discount your friends and others who give you counsel and encouragement. I mean, I talk to people all the time, and I hope what I say is, is valuable to them. But don't forget that the most encouragement you're going to get that's valuable is going to come from the Lord himself. That's a good word, brother. Tom, thanks so much for being here, you bet. being thanks, on our Todd. guest here. Thanks, Andy. We're God so bless. grateful for you. So and, thankful. You know, on behalf of Oklahoma Baptist and just everybody in the kingdom, thanks so much for your faithfulness well, over all the years, brother. Thank you're, you. You're kind. And uh, for those in the radio audience, I'd just like to say that we have set up out in the uh, parking lot a little CrossFit training, and Todd's going to be on one end of it, Andy's going to be on the other, and uh, we'll let you know in the next episode who wins, okay? Go ahead and call 911 right yeah. now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Tom, thanks so much. Thanks for God being here, brother. You. Thank you. Okay. you. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll uh, catch you next time. This episode of Feeding and Leading has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptist. Visit us at oklahomabaptist.org or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptist, advancing the gospel together.